So today we're going to be talking about a software for podcasters called Captivate. And Captivate is really kind of an all-in-one tool for podcasters. So if you're struggling to get your podcast started, this might be the one thing that you need to fast forward that process and get going and start to get views and monetize your podcast. So I have Brie Campano here who is going to give us an overview of the platform and it is called Captivate. Bree, would you go ahead and show us what we're going to be talking about here today a little bit? Let me start with Captivate as a hosting platform. So there's a difference between distribution platforms, which is your Spotify, iTunes, all of those different listening. That's where you listen to podcasts. But your hosting platform is where you're going to upload your episode. It's going to house all of your stats, all your analytics. It's going to help you build a website. And that's what Captivate does so well. And it's why I choose to use Captivate for all my podcasts. So I have a number of different podcasts, so it works really well for me. And it's a really simple platform to use. There are a lot of them out there. They all have their own things that they like to use that, and that people like them for different reasons. I like Captivate because it's easy. It gives me a clear and concise dashboard that will show me on my episodes, all my analytics, and what I'm doing. And then it also will house my other podcasts. So I actually have four on here right now and I'm uploading more as we go, but I don't have a limit on how many podcasts I have and I don't have a limit on how many minutes I can upload per month. So all of the other platforms will hold you to so many minutes per month. I believe Buzzsprout is for their $18 a month platform use. It is six hours, which can be enough for you if that's what you're doing. If you're doing once a week, but you're only and you're doing an hour, you got plenty of space for that. Some of them are less than that. So you really need to find a space depending on how long your podcast is as to where you want it. I like Captivate because I never have to think about that. I can use as much as I want. It limits me on downloads. So I am on the $19 a month plan. I have unlimited podcasts and unlimited time, but I have a cap at 30,000 downloads. But I'm telling you, if I hit 30,000 downloads in a month, I will not mind paying the next level up because that means my podcast is being very, very successful and I'm probably monetized very well on it. So, and it's not that much more. So I'm, I'm fine with that. So it's very simple. If every time I want to publish a new episode, I would just hit publish new episode. It will ask you, please put your MP3 file in here. So you just would upload it, hit browse files, pull it out and put it in here. And then simple title where you want to put your title in, your description, episode number. A lot of times you'll see people putting their episode number in their title. It, you really don't need to do that. Some people like to do that to give listeners an idea of where they're at with things. And other people are like, we want make to make people feel like they can come in at any time and listen to any of our podcasts, any episode. And you're not going to be, you're not going to have to like listen to the rest of them to get to where you are now. So I don't put a number in my title. I just list the, the title name and use my SEO keywords, things in there. And it will list it in order. It says episode 21, season three. And then it goes through pretty much really, really simply like where you want the feed to be. If you're going to expire, I don't click any of these. I use all the normal kinds of things. If you have a transcript, which many people like to do, you can upload that here. Here is some SEO. They're going to literally tell you, you need SEO in this. Please use this. Make sure you have SEO in your description. 
And here's the episode slug, which is basically the web address for that. And you can put in here if you want to add something to it, like specifically to that, to that episode. So if I, if I had Alex on as my guest, I would put Alex dash hit in here so people could find that easily. Episode art goes here. You're just going to upload browse files and upload a 3000 by 3000 image. So Apple right now, it'll tell you that you can have it from 1400 by 1400 to 3000 by 3000. They are changing that. So if you are new to podcasting and you're going to be creating cover art, make sure it's already at the 3000 by 3000. And Alex, we can do a tutorial on how to, it's, it's very simple. You're just going to re resize it or change what you're downloading it at. But it's really important because if Apple does not approve you, it can be based on your artwork size and they won't tell you. And it can hold you up from being listed on iTunes, which is a huge listening platform, as well as several other platforms, distribution platforms that are based upon your acceptance to Apple. Like you will get to the other ones like Good Pods and some of the other ones only when you're approved by Apple. So don't let this be a hindrance to you. Make sure you have it 3000 by 3000. If you're doing a cross network promotion, so maybe you're part of a network, you can put that information here and say, I want it to be connected to that. It also has a place for guest bookings. So you can choose a guest if you have a guest that you've put in. It's nice because it keeps track of all of this information. It makes it really, really easy for you and you can easily get it to your guest. So you can add the booking in here. It will lock them in. You can choose your release date, your publish time. If you go to publish something and you're like, oh, I want to get this out right away and you put it in here and you hit save as draft or you hit publish. And then you're like, why isn't it out there yet? What did I do? Chances are you didn't reset this. Like if I wanted this to change, I could sometimes maybe it'll be the next day or it'll be a couple hours later. And I'm like, oh, that's why it's not going out right away. So just keep that in mind because once you publish Spotify, I'll pick it up really, really fast. Spotify is always really, really fast. And then you just would save as draft. If I had stuff in here, it would say publish. It would allow me to pu publish down here at the bottom. It would say publish instead of save as draft. So that would be the only difference. So that's what this is. It'll list all of your episodes for you so you can see all your different episodes. It'll show you if you want to share it, if you want to view the analytics, if you want to edit the episode, or if you want to delete the episode. All really, really handy, easy to understand. You can also use this for creating a playlist. If you want, I don't have playlists in here, but you can create a playlist. You can work on your show notes. If you have show notes that you want to you want to have certain things in every single episode. This is the this is where to connect with me. This is the things that I have. Use the show notes manager and it will automatically attach that into your your description of every episode. Really handy so you don't have to retype it in or re like copy and paste it in all the time. You can look at analytics. It'll give you a whole bunch of information. It'll tell you when are people listening to you. And then you can dive deeper into listener behavior. What time are they listening to me? How many, how many, where are they listening from? Desktop, Firefox, Windows, where in the world are they, right? And then you can look at performance comparisons to see, I haven't set any of this up yet. 
and you can look at episode overviews, which will tell you like which episodes are doing the best and which ones are not. And this will go through all the different ones. Um, you can do a bulk editor. It, that That is for ads. If you want to put ads in, you can have it pre-roll or post-roll. So if you have an, an ad that you're running, you can select add it in here and you can decide which ones it's going to play on. So even if you have something like this is from December of 2021, but I don't know which episode they're going to listen to as they're, they might be looking for something with Debbie Messenger in it. And they're like, oh, well, I want to find hers. And so, but I, there's a, maybe I'm doing a course and it's a special deal and I got a Black Friday deal on it. I'm going to put that pre-roll ad in there that I've made for myself and play it on all of my episodes. And then when that special's over, I can remove it from all of those episodes. So that's a dynamic feature that's really, really nice. So you can choose to play it in the beginning of all of your episodes to make sure people know you have a course special that's coming out. And then you can also remove it later or you can do it post-roll. So pre-roll and post-roll means at the beginning, right before your, your podcast comes on and then post-roll would be right when your podcast finishes. So I think that's a really nice feature. You can remove them. You can put a whole bunch in in a block, which will do all of the things at one time unless you want to do it specifically targeted like I showed you in the first one. And there's a whole bunch of other things you can decide, like if you want it, I want it to start right here, right? I want, that's where I want it to go. So it'll let you choose different things on how you want it to work. You do have the ability to do tips and monetization memberships. If you want to offer special things, they can do memberships. We've got promotions, all these different, oh, I want to discard that. Thank you very much. If there's attribution links that you want to include. They give you a ton of options on different integrations, sponsor kits, where you're distributing all of these different things. It's super easy. So one of my favorite parts of this before I, I think that's about all I'm going to show you on here, but your distribution. So you can distribute your podcast to all of these different places. You will do it one time per podcast, not per episode. So when I did this, then I put it in here and I can do the one click, which is Spotify, Amazon Music, Pod Index, Player FM, Deezer, Ghana, Savan, all of these ones that say one click. All I had to do was push one button at the top and it sent it set it up. So my podcast will go there. And then Apple, I had to fill out some things on it, which I just did. So I haven't gotten approved on that yet, but it's, I was already approved before. So it's just trying to connect the dots for me. And I haven't published on all of these. You can choose. I would recommend publishing as many places as you can. Once you have that set up, the one time that you do it, every time you publish a new episode, it will automatically send it to all of those places for you. You don't have to do that every time. So it's really, really simple. And then we're talking about websites. They also give you a great website, which you have the chance to kind of set up the way you want to do it. Down here on the left-hand side at the bottom, it will say website and then captivate websites. And it will allow you to choose how you want it to look. It'll let you choose your colors. It'll let you display like how you want your episodes to display. And this is the one that I set up. It gives my logo here. It gives a little bit about me. 
It'll share where you can listen for. I haven't even set my stuff up yet. I'm newer to putting all of these over. I'm kind of in the shifting process. I was on Libsyn because I was working with Elsie Escobar and she's like one of the vice presidents over there. So I was, and I love her to death, but I would not recommend Libsyn. It was even hard for me to use. And then this is where it will list and it will automatically update. Every time you post a publish an episode, it will update it here. So this is the great website. So it's just clever-conversations.captivate.fm. So it's a very simple web address that you can then just copy. You could copy it and send it out to people if you're posting things on social. Where do I listen to you at? Well, you can listen to me here on my website, or you can choose the platform that you like best, and those will be listed here as well. Any questions? Awesome. No, I, that was a really great overview, Brie. Thank you. Yeah. And as you guys can kind of see, you know, Captivate has a lot, a lot of features. And that's why we recommend it because it really is like a one-stop shop, one-stop membership for everything that you're probably looking for for your podcast and piecing all those things together and getting them all connected. It's going to take a lot more time than just using Captivate, right? So Brie, and we also do Captivate management or we help people kind of implement that. So could you just briefly talk about that? Because Captivate, it does cost money, right? It's pretty cheap, but we make it even cheaper and more accessible for people. So can you just talk about that briefly, Brie? Sure. So I do have a network. And so what I'm doing is currently putting people in my network that are wanting to use Captivate. And they maybe they don't want to pay that much. So I'm offering it for $15. It's a little bit cheaper. Otherwise, it would be $19 a month for you. But what that also gives you is you get my help and Alex's help. So you're part of a network, so there's more discoverability because people can go to the web page and see all of the different podcasts that are listed in that network, and I can show that here if I can pull it up quickly. But it also, I'll give you help when it comes to like making sure it's all set up the right way for you. You, give, you have access to it like you would any normal Captivate site for your podcast, and then I'm just one of your team members. And so if you want to run it through me, you want that extra bit of help, that little extra hands-on, and to be part of a network, we're charging $15 a month to be a part of that. And it just makes it a little easier so it's not so confusing. And you have someone that you can be like, Bray, what did I do? i got to figure this out. Come help me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, that, that's huge. That's a huge service to offer. You know, and you get it cheaper and you get personal assistance for it. So if you guys are interested in that, we'll put a link down here below. And you guys can, you know, reach out to us for more information on that. But it looks like we have some questions here. So let me bring us back to gallery view and Marty, go ahead. Did you have a question about Captain? So yeah, well, my question is, is audio versus video podcast. Okay. Because you, Alex, seem to be a big proponent of YouTube for good reasons. And when Bree was explaining, uploading our podcast, all these sites, she's talking about MP3, which is audio. So should you, so how, how does that work? If you want to do, I guess, both. Yeah, that's a great question. So I would definitely recommend doing both, but a lot of people do listen to podcasts in an audio only format, right? So Apple Podcast is a big place, you know, Spotify is a big place. And then there's all the other ones too. And we would recommend if it's easy, and this is a pretty easy method of uploading to all the different platforms, definitely do it, right? Now, a lot of the platforms don't allow video. There's two platforms that allow video podcasts, YouTube and Spotify. And to upload video to those platforms, you have to do it manually through the platform. But to dive in a little bit deeper, though, you would have to up if you were recording a video podcast, you would have to upload it manually to YouTube. OK, and you would have to upload it manually to Spotify for podcasters. 
and then we use Captivate to cover all the RSS feeds, to cover all the audio-only platforms, okay? So my kind of workflow, and we have this built out in a slide. So here's the visual. So video podcasts are on these two platforms, YouTube, Spotify. Now, when you upload to these platforms video, they also get categorized in audio only, okay? So if you upload your video to YouTube and you categorize it as a podcast, you'll be able to watch it as a video podcast, but it will also automatically categorize it as an audio only podcast. Th same thing for Spotify, okay? Then for all these other ones, you need an RSS feed, okay? For all these audio only platforms, you need an RSS feed, and that's where we recommend Captivate. So these would be the three tools that you would need in order to upload your podcast to all applicable recommended places. But it does take time. You know, it definitely does take time. Yep. Crystal? Okay, yeah. So to get you back on that question, when you do the video on YouTube and Spotify, so basically on Captive, you don't need to select those platforms again since you're uploading directly on YouTube and, and Spotify. That's my first question. The second one, Brie, the website you showed that it's created on Captive. Can you connect that to your website? Or is it better to just upload your own your podcast on your website directly? We have a page on your website with uploading your videos. What's the best option? Sure, I can handle the second question. You know, you can have your own website if that's what you want, and you can definitely put in the player. Captivate does give you a player to use. So that'll help you like get your podcast player. It gives you, so a podcast player will sit on your website and it'll just show like your current episodes. So it sits in a portion of your website. Captivate gives you the free website. So it, it will make it for you anyway. So it's completely up to you if you want to just use the Captivate or if you want to include it. I'll show you a way that my friend does hers. She has a jam business and she gets a lot of people that come see her stuff and she wants them to know that she has a podcast. So here's her regular website, right? This is her jam business. But then if you go to Grounded and Main Podcast, what that does is it gives hers is on Buzzsprout and it links to her podcast. So this is how she decided to like include it on her website. So it is basically on her website, her normal website, but she made a tab that then links to her podcast page. And the podcast page, she uses Buzzsprout as her host. And so it takes her, that takes the people to her hosting place to listen to her podcast instead of staying on her website. But you can have it listed there. It's completely up to my you. And that page on Captivity Channel be yep. connected to my website the way she did it. Hundred percent, Marty. Did I answer your question too completely? I want to make sure. Yeah, I believe so. <clears throat> so with with YouTube and Spotify, just to be clear, you so you just upload if you choose to do a video version. So you upload the video, and then those sites they do they do the audio as well. Correct, because you know on YouTube, let's say you upload a YouTube video. When you go to YouTube and you categorize a video as a podcast. Okay. It will go into your podcast tab. Okay. So you actually have to categorize the video as a podcast, but once you do, it will put it into youtube.com slash podcast. So it will also be able to be discovered here. Okay. Now you'll notice that all of these videos 
our videos and podcast. So there's really, you know, there, there isn't a difference. They're one of the same. A video on YouTube is a video, but it can also be listened to as a podcast. And so what videos should you make podcasts or what videos should you categorize as podcasts? Generally ones that can be listened to in an audio only format. Now, it doesn't mean that there's no visuals, but, you know, generally a podcast is something that you can listen to in an audio only format. So if you're doing like a lot of my videos of tutorial videos, my tutorials are not going to function as a podcast because they're visual tutorials. Click this, click this, click this. But it's a conversation about podcasting and we're not doing a tutorial. Well, then it could probably be a podcast, right? An audio only. And I haven't noticed any change in like the performance of the video necessarily. Like it doesn't make the video get less views or more views. It just, like I said, gives that optionality of where you want to and how you want to listen. The other nice thing about the podcast is that if you do go into your channel, okay, and you go into your analytics on your channel, when you categorize a YouTube video as a podcast, it will create over here um, individual analytic dashboards for each one of your podcasts. Okay, so I have two podcasts. One's called Podcast Circle. The other one's called the Creator Tutorials Podcast. I'll go into this one, and I can see the analytics, the views, and the watch time just for this one podcast, which is really nice because I want to see, okay, if I have multiple podcasts, which one's performing the best, right? And how is it being discovered? And, you know, you can really kind of get granular as far as, like, and then you can see, too, where is this being picked up? Which are my best ones? What are the search terms? Okay. Sorry, you have one YouTube channel with, two podcasts on that channel. That's correct. And you could have one YouTube channel with a hundred podcasts on or a thousand or a million podcasts. I mean, maybe not a million, but you know, yeah, you can have one YouTube channel hosting multiple different podcasts. And it's not clear exactly how the discoverability of that changes. Like, would it be smart to have one YouTube channel with 50 variety podcasts? You know, the, I don't think the feature has been out that long. And I don't know if YouTube has really talked about that enough. To say, like, is it smart to have one podcast tied to one thematic YouTube channel? I mean, generally, the, the advice is yes. But for me, it's like, I don't have enough time to operate multiple channels and grow multiple channels. I'm focusing on growing one channel. And within that one channel, I have certain types of content. And they all kind of overlap. You know, I'm not creating too dissimilar content. But there is some variation. So, yeah, I mean, Marty does, a pod, you know, Marty's podcast would be about relationships, you know, men after divorce, you know, that type of thing, right? So there's a pretty wide gambit of things he could talk about there, right? But he probably wouldn't want to talk about, I don't know, cooking, unless it's how to cook as a single guy or something, right? You know what I mean? So I wanted to share what the net, what a network looks like. So when you're, when you're asking, like, we're doing YouTube, I think in today's world, it is so important because podcasting has always kind of started, it was only audio for the longest time. So there's a lot of people that really, really love to listen to audio only. And so I think having audio and video, I get asked that question a lot. Should I have video? Is, is it still a podcast if there's video? Always get the video. Even if you're not going to do YouTube right away, get the video now because you're going to want to start a channel. Or when you want to work, you know, jump in with Alex and work. That is like, you want to make sure that you have that available as an option. I think YouTube is definitely the smart place to start. But I think you also need the audio. And so... Having that, people like to be able to listen on the go when they're in their car driving, when they're running, when they're doing a work around the house and they're not in front of a screen because we like to be away from the screen sometimes, believe it or not, we still need to get away from our screens. 
And so having that as an audio option, I think they go hand in hand. I think you need both personally. And the thing of it is, is it's not that much extra work, right? Because you're going to be editing, you're going to be doing all the things and then you save it as a video and you save it. It's basically just an extra save, like a click, few clicks to save that audio as an MP3 and then upload it. You can use the same description. You can use the same title. You can use all the things you're doing on YouTube and you can just put that into your audio and then get that uploaded. So you have a, a, a wider range. You can be in more places, right? Which is the ultimate thing for a, a podcast is to be in as many places at once and they do make it really easy. I was going to share really, really quick when you want to talk about what a network looks like. So this is the beginning of my network. So this is if you if you were to join, you'd be listed on here. And so then it just lists like your most recent episode will be listed on here. And I'm still I haven't gotten all the stuff from everybody yet, but I'm building out Topaz hasn't even launched. I have three people launching this month and it'll have a little bit about each episode or about each podcast listed next to your latest episode. So I haven't finished everything on it yet because I'm still getting everybody's things in and I'm waiting on people to get me their stuff. But this is where you would see it on a, like a network page. So then if people wanted to go see more, like this would be mine, they would see all episodes, visit website. And then if they clicked on that, it would take them to that specific podcast. But if I'm coming here and I'm like, I want to see what, what Topaz is doing, and then I'm also going to be exposed to a, a select group in my network so they can there's more discoverability to get get your podcast out there get people listening to it so that's why it's great to be a part of a network because i also promote everybody on here as well so i i'll put things out on my pages and in my socials and my things to help promote the people that i'm that are part of my network yep yep i was just going to say the importance of the video podcast especially for the promotion strategy that we recommend you know promoting the promoting your podcast through short form clips I mean, that's another reason to record the video, right? So you can use it for the promotion of it. Yep. And then I was also going to say, too, to Bree's point, most people are listening to podcasts in an audio-only format. Like, when I'm washing the dishes, which doesn't have that much, but when I'm, you know, doing something that I have, I can't be looking at a screen, I'm, I am I go and I look for a podcast because I know, okay, well, I don't have to look at a screen to understand this video. So, I'm so I go and look for content that is audio-only. They say that 73% of podcast listeners listen on their phone too. So even optimizing that video for a phone, right? And then understanding, okay, most people are listening to podcasts on the phone, meaning they're listening to it on the go. Like she said, in the car, mowing the lawn, washing the dishes, shoveling snow, right? So Marty, you had another question. Go ahead. Yeah, okay. So let's say, let's say I'm preparing a podcast episode. It is 15 minutes and it is solo me talking for a video nobody wants to sit and watch me talking for 15 minutes i'm assuming so therefore now what <laughs> i would actually maybe say they might want to just watch you talking for 15 minutes you might be surprised people wanted to see your facial expression i think the appeal of a podcast is that it's like a personal conversation right and people want to have a personal conversation now are they going to be watching you the entire time no Maybe they'll have it op you know, open up in the right-hand corner and then they're clicking in the other screen. Or when they maybe when a, an important part comes up, they look at you, right? They're like, oh, wow, he's really like talking passionately. I'm going to watch him now. And they want to see your expression. Then other chance they put it down. But a lot of people, I mean, I literally have one, two, three, four, you know, five screens near me right now, right? So 
even if they're watching you in the background, they would like to see some movement on the screen. It's like a, there's something comforting about having a, a TV screen on. You know, sometimes when you're falling asleep, you have the TV screen on in the background just to have a little bit of movement. And that does something for people. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah, I do the same thing. I have I have two. I, I only have two screens, unlike you, besides my phone. I have dual screens. So I'm usually working on camera right in front of me, doing graphics and working on stuff. And then I have something playing on the other side. So I'm looking occasionally, but I'm like listening as well. But I like to have that there. I, I, I found myself doing that way more than I am opening Spotify up. Like, and that was interesting to me because I used to be like Spotify constantly, everything, music. I always had something playing like I wanted something, but now I'm, I find myself opening up an actual screen and watching something. What you could do, Marty, too, is just very simply, I add the, I did these captions in, in Descript. And sometimes, you know, a lot of people are listening to things with the sound off, even a podcast, weirdly enough. So somebody might, if you do, you know, captions like this, you know, this can be enough stimuli, just these kind of tracking captions to get somebody engaged for a little bit longer, you know, because if it's just audio only and maybe the audio isn't super strong, there's other things that can kind of get them to, you know, that can capture their attention, which could be your face talking or the caption or the tracking captions. Okay, cool. How did you add the captions? Yeah, I use a software called Descript. So here's the podcast that I did it for. And this is a paid software, but I really like it because it makes podcast editing super, super easy. Some of the features that I like about it are when I upload this podcast, I can come up here to actions. Okay. And it gives me some essentially automated or AI or fast tools to do things that are common in podcast editing. For example, I can shorten my word gaps. So I take out all the gaps in my podcast that are longer than 0.2 seconds. Now that's a very aggressive edit, but maybe you only want to take out, you know, gaps that are, here, I'll go to this video. I'll go to another video that I haven't edited yet. We'll do this one. And in this video, I can say, okay, remove shorten word gaps. Shorten all word gaps that are longer than one second. Okay. And it says that there are 91 word gaps that are 91 seconds. So then I can use this and I can listen to the audio and then I can shorten it. Okay. Or what I can also do is I can just shorten them all. So I can take out every single word gap that is longer than one second with one with two clicks, you know. Or what I can do is maybe I say an ah a lot so I can remove all the filler words that I want. Okay. So if I want to remove all, well, it looks like I already removed all the ums and ahs, but I can remove every time I say like, right? Like, you know, if I have a kind of a habit of saying that I can remove all likes with just one click. So that's pretty cool. Now to add the captions, captions pretty um, Sorry, Alex, does it still sound natural when you remove gaps and filler words? Sure. Why don't we listen to an example of that? So oh, I upload this podcast, which is called the Creator Tutorials Podcast. And this is the podcast that I edit out every single gap that is longer than 0.2 seconds today. While I host and moderate the conversation, the views and opinions expressed by each guest are their own. I do not endorse any products, services. I'm home. And so by about 5.30 every day, I turn off my computers. I walk out of my home office and I spend time with my husband because my kids are grown. But during the evening, my husband and I both do you guys hear that? So there is some choppiness to it a little bit, but to me personally, I like the listening experience more because it's just more efficient. 
and I'm recording these podcasts with people who aren't necessarily professional podcasters. So they're umming a lot. They're uhing a lot. They're stumbling over their words. They're, you know, taking a long time in between topics. And that creates a more difficult listening experience. The second reason I do it is because I can then take those podcast clips because I've edited it out every single pause. I can make them into YouTube shorts really, really easily. And a YouTube short has to be, it has to go along really, really fast. So what I'm doing here is I'm already optimizing my long form video for the shorts. And that's going to help get people to that podcast. Now, does every podcast need to be edited like that? No, absolutely not. But listen to it back and just listen to your own podcast. Like, right. And, or maybe have somebody else listen to it. And maybe they say, oh, no, these people are talking, you know, too long. Or there's too many us. Or there's too many pauses. But if you have an amazing speaker on the podcast, you don't need to do that. Like I had a professional public speaking coach on the podcast. I didn't need to edit them. But for people who may be less experienced, like Holly, you were on the podcast and I edited it like that for you. You've been on other podcasts before. What was your impression of my podcast versus other podcasts that you had been on? Okay, that's a tough question. <laughs> but it's a great question. So... It was, I guess I'm not as much as professional to notice, but I realized that yours is the one really, really, I just felt comfortable and it went smooth and easy. And then you did the edits and it looked so clear and it looked really good. I mean, I think that's how I should say. It looked like natural, it looked really good. Because yeah. the edit seems like it was just no edit. Right. Yeah. So in, in my case, you know, said this too, when you speed up somebody's speech, you make them appear smarter. And when you take out all the mistakes and all the pauses, and all the gaps, I mean, just like, they're like, wow, this guy's a really good speaker. I mean, it makes you look a lot more presentable, intelligent, you know, creates a better product. So watch Holly's podcast. I edited a lot. And yeah. She looks like a rock star. I mean, she's a rock star anyways, but you know, I'm new to this. Yeah, I'm, I yeah. paused, but I had a lot of pause. So when you listen to that, it's like, wow. Oh. I, I, I actually edit. I mean, Holly, I actually almost edited about 50% out of the podcast. And that's nothing against Holly. I mean, that's a normal kind of edit because I'm having people who are- And I edited a podcast. Yeah. Yeah, but I edited out 50%. And if you watch it back, I mean, it's about 10 minutes of her talking almost nonstop, but just the best bits. Um, and with Descript, it doesn't take that much longer. So I'll put the uh, link in the description and in the chat right now if you guys are looking to use Descript. I use it almost every single day, to be honest. And I'll just put it here once. And then while I'm doing that, go ahead with your question. Okay, okay. so to, to have everything rolling and rolling, how many apps do you need? How many apps do you need total? Because between Captivate, between Descript, yep. uh, how many do you need? You need a recording. You need a recording. So that's a great question. You need a recording software. So that can be Zoom. The other one that we would recommend is I'll put this one in the chat. Is called Riverside. Okay. Or you could use Streamyard, but Riverside is a good one. Even Descript. Actually, now if you buy Descript, it gives you a recording studio, which allows you to record in really high quality. And yeah, so. Here, let me just find the link to, and then we'll talk about this one second. Riverside. So here's Riverside. This is just like the simplest way. Like if you want to save money, we'll talk about saving money. But if you want to just talk about like ease of use, the three softwares that you 
would need is a recording software, which could be Zoom, it can be Riverside, it can be StreamYard, it can be Descript, okay? Then you need an editing software. There's free ones like CapCut, okay? But if you want one that's specifically for podcasters, use Descript, okay? And then you need a hosting platform, okay? You need some place to distribute your content, okay? There's multiple platforms for that. Now, there's YouTube for video, and there's Spotify. Those are free. Now, if you want to distribute to all the other RSS feeds, there is a free option. You can use Spotify for podcasters, but it's it's pretty bad, okay? That's a free option. The one that we recommend is paid. We offer it for 15 bucks a month. It's Captivate, and that's going to allow you to distribute the podcast, create your website for your podcast, host your podcast, do ads in your podcast, monetize your podcast, okay? So with those three tools, you're still under 100 bucks. I think with two of the tools, you're under 50 bucks, you know? So it's actually pretty cheap, pretty accessible to get all of those. And all the links are in the chat or in the description of the video if you're interested. So you're looking at maybe about $49 per month or less to create, edit, manage, host, run ads, you know, everything, you know, have a website for your podcast, right? So that's that's really pretty accessible. And there's always enhancements that you can do, thumbnails, right? You can get better with your editing. You can do better ads. We talked. We actually talked last week about affiliate offers on your podcast and how to use affiliate offers to monetize your podcast right away. So if you guys hadn't seen that video, we have that in the Maxer community that you guys can go watch. And with that strategy, I mean, you guys could be making that much or more, even you know, in your first couple of podcasts, if you're promoting it the right way through affiliate offers, right? Because if you want to monetize your podcast through sponsorships or through getting paid on your YouTube watch time, that takes time. You know, you're going to have to grow your podcast. That could take months, years, multiple decade. Who knows, right? Depends how serious and how much you want to grow it. But through affiliate marketing, through putting affiliate offers or through developing your own offers, you can develop your podcast or you can monetize your podcast instant, instantly. We actually did a podcast the other day. Somebody watched it back and we made a sale off of it, which was pretty cool. So this is something that I'm also talking to people a lot about in online business networking. Your YouTube channel functions as your funnel, as your VSL. Your YouTube channel can make you money instantly by sending out your YouTube videos as VSLs. And then you use that as your VSL, as your video sales letter out to your networking connections. They watch it, they might buy, but you're also gonna get the benefit of everybody else on YouTube being exposed to your VSL. So we're helping people. This is part of the YouTube Circle community, part of the you you know part of the YouTube services. The coaching is helping you guys develop VSLs, video sales letters that you can promote through YouTube, that you can send out to your networking connections that can be discovered through YouTube, and you can also run paid ads against them too. So if you have a YouTube video that is actually making sales for you, you can put a little bit of paid money behind it, which I can help you implement, and then you already have. I mean, that's your funnel, right? And it can all be done within YouTube. So it's a very high leverage platform. And that's why I shifted from TikTok and other kind of viral platforms into YouTube because of the multifunctionality and because of the the growth over the long term over a long term period of time. YouTube is an asset that you grow now. And I mean it could be paying you like I know a woman who created a YouTube channel back in 2012. And she makes six figures. I mean Every single, like she makes at least five figures every single month off of the, off the platform through coaching, through sales, through ad spend, all automatically in the background. 
And now she just lives out of Airbnbs and travels all over. And her YouTube channel is just making course sales and, and coaching sales and ad spend sales for the last decade. So it's a really amazing platform to develop it. But, you know, kind of that the negative of YouTube, very competitive, takes a lot more moving parts. You have to get all these moving parts to work together to actually succeed at it, right? It's not just like TikTok, you throw up one video and it gets a million views, right? You got to do the descriptions, the titles, the tags, the promotion, the categorization, the design. There's a lot of different elements that go into it, but okay. About four minutes left here. Bree, any final thoughts on, I mean, we went over a lot today. There's really amazing training, honestly. Yeah, we did a lot today. I thought it was really exciting. My final thoughts are don't wait to get started because you need everything at one time. I have a lot of, I work with a ton of people. And it, you just need to move forward and any step forward. And when you record, just start recording. Even if you're not publishing yet, start recording yourself. Do some practice runs. Get out there and perfect some of the things that you're doing. It's good. It's, I went live every single day for nine months, and like every single day. And it took me a really long time to feel comfortable. I still don't feel comfortable all the time behind a camera with a mic in my face. But, you know... You just got to keep going and keep doing it. And everyone else is doing the same thing. They're out there just doing their best. And you'd be surprised. You're probably a lot better than you think you are. Yeah. So get out and do it. I'll let you see in one second. I just want to put my calendar link in the chat and we'll put it below in the description of this video. If you guys do want help with Captivate or help with YouTube, we put out the two offers there, schedule a time, and we can talk about that, about helping you out with that. Go ahead, Holly. Uh, thank you. I'm not ready yet, but I just want to know because I've been going like it's my 10th week that I go live on Restream. Like I deliver one health tip a day, but my so it because it's short, it goes into the YouTube. So it's a bunch of videos in there. It was first a place for me to practice. So I speak up. So it was just for me to get build that skill. But however, the tips that I'm giving is very the health tips is different like i everyone thinks kale is healthy for them but it's not so then i shared how and i was surprised like how many people it intrigued a lot of people i'm like okay this can go big like sharing these one health that people think they're good and they're not or other stuff that they don't know so i want to be able to like okay could, could that work on youtube like that yeah, it could definitely work. I mean, this we, maybe we'll talk about this next week as far as live streaming strategy around live streaming and then how to take, you know, certain clips and categorize them on YouTube to be discovered, right? So a lot of that gets yeah, in the titles and descriptions yeah. and tags. And, and we'll talk about that all next week. So just come back next week. We'll talk about titles, descriptions, tags, how to take a YouTube video that's maybe general and then parse it down into specific clips so you can target specific keywords. I think that's a great topic, so. But we're up at the end of the time today, so. Yep. All right. See you at noon. See you guys. See you at noon. Have a great day. Bye.